How do you pay, man? Huh? If you don't write checks, how do you pay these guys? Straight cash, homie. Well, all right. Yeah. ten grand to me. Yeah. You know, ever since I turned pro in 1989, when I signed the dotted line, it was strange. Things change for the better and for the worse. So I called my mama and she said, baby, Welcome back to the Straight Cash Homie Podcast. Once again, we are back at it into the new year. Uh, better than ever before. Let's just say it like that. My name is Neil Rule, local sports broadcaster here in the Detroit area. I'll introduce you to the brains of the operation. He is Cameron Evans, the president of the Evans Law Group, also an agent with Pivotal Sports Management. No better cat to sit here and break down the business side of sports. You know, I just hey Cam, I like to go straight to the horse's mouth, I guess you would say. Um, and bring in an expert, somebody who knows what they're talking about, because I, I'm just the broadcasting side of this. I use fancy buzzwords and things like that. You bring the brains to the operation. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. Brings the brains, but not the looks. So well, it's yeah. a great start of the new year and happy to be uh, you know back in the studio with you and laying a, another uh, track down here on uh, Straight Cash Homie and getting into some really interesting things, which is always you know, prop it on the radar screen this time of year with uh, the NFL and contracts and playoffs and all that other good stuff. And, and there's been a lot of, of activity in that regard with the NFL and, and with the playoffs and everything that's been going on because it, obviously we had the bowl season uh, that just happened, so there was a lot of discussion and a lot of talk about guys that have, you know, they skipped their bowl games and those types of things. And, you know, that's – that we've talked about that in the past. Certainly, there's no doubt about that, and, and we can just we can just touch on that because that trend does seem to be growing. But we have that for you. Uh, we'll also get into the the whole NFL thing. And look, I know everybody's fired up, and I know they're eating their chicken wings and drinking their beer, and that's what they like, and they love their football. But really, the lasting image to me was what happened with Alan Hearns and the Cowboys and their win over Seattle. Maybe the most gruesome television injury uh, that we've ever seen. So so doing this podcast cam that we do together the first thing that pops inside my head i go right right to spotrack on the app and say what's his contract situation like how's this going to impact him going forward uh so we certainly have that and kyler murray's a big discussion point as well should he play baseball should he play football the numbers you know straight cash wise dictate that he should play football but we will get into all that and, and first cam just kind of wrapping up the bowl season. We're going a little bit off the board here uh, on you, Cam, though. But wrapping up the bowl season a little bit, it's just like you predicted. It's just like we sat here and talked about last year around this time, moving into this year. You're seeing those numbers just kind of trickle up and up and up. And, and locally we saw it here with with a lot of players from the University of Michigan who got a good look at what happened with Jake Butt. This is a trend we're going to continue to see. How long do you think it is before we see somebody skip even the, the college football playoff? Uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah. I mean, somebody is going to sit here and say, is it worth it from the standpoint of putting uh, my earning potential and career at risk uh, to go play in a semifinal or a championship game? Um, I think if somebody plays in the semifinals, they're going to play in the championship game. So I think it's, they, they would sit there and say, I'm not going to play in the semifinal game. Uh, you know, is it a situation for you know, a player that's been on a team that's been there before? Um, and, you know, what position do they play? You know, what's the risk of injury? Um, and where are they projected to go in, in the draft? Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say that it's more likely than not, but it's going to happen. 
Um, this was a trend that we talked started talking about it, you know, two three years ago when the first players were starting to say, "I'm not going to go to go play in the Sun Bowl." Uh, you know, <laughs> right. McCaffrey at Stanford. You know, I'm not going to go. Sorry, guys. Uh, and and it's just like it was eye opening for the other players to say, "All right, this is an option. I have control." or some control over my future and what I'm going to do, and it's not going to kill my draft status or my reputation or injure me in any way to sit there and say, I'm not going to go play in a bowl game that is not going to do anything to improve my draft status and only put me at risk. Um, and then as time, you know, you see more players do it, and you see what happens to Jake Butt, the former tight end for the University of Michigan, uh, who got injured in the Orange Bowl, uh, went in the fifth round to the Broncos, and he's had two injuries since then. Um, did that, you know, cost him cost four him. to five million dollars? So he'll never, he'll never recoup. Right, and because of the injuries he's sustained once he's been on the NFL roster, you know, his NFL career, you know, was going to be probably far shorter than than it would have been without injury. Um, and now you're looking at, you know, how much money did leave on the table, and you know, he still may not regret it and everything else. It's an individual decision, but you're going to see it. You see, and you see that decision making process accelerate now. Obviously, with Joey Bosa, what happened at Ohio State after, you know, he he was injured, surgery. You know, what are we going to do? And that was a decision that was, you know, what's in his best interest, not necessarily what's in Ohio State's best interest. And so, I think undoubtedly, at some point. Um, you know, somebody's going to say, guess what? It is not worth the risk. Um, especially if, you know, if he's, they're a fourth seed and then maybe they're not very good and they don't think they're going to really have a chance to go and, you and know. They, and, but let's see, like somebody that wore gold helmets in this year's playoff. Exactly. You know, <laughs> uh, that, that they didn't think that they were going to stand much of a chance. Um, and, and so you, you, you get somebody like that. Um, and that's, you know, and, and you can't blame the kids. Um, they're making a business decision. But I think at some point you're, you're going to see that come into reality. And I don't think there's going to be a lot of negative reaction out there from people as long as it's not like your star quarterback and that's the only reason that you've gotten to the playoffs. Then their fans would be, um, you know, negative because, you know, as you, you, you accurately state, and I love the quote, is that the fans are attached to the jersey. No, there's no question about it. You are listening to episode number 14 of the Straight Cash Homie podcast. He is Cameron Evans. My name is Neil Rule. You can follow the show on Twitter at Straight Cash Pod. Follow Cam on Twitter at Cameron underscore J underscore Evans as well. Follow me on Twitter at Neil Rule, N-E-A-L-R-U-H-L. But, yeah, just, just wrapping up the whole bowl discussion, this is a topic, as I talked about, that we have talked about and discussed in the past. But – a spinoff of that and, and something that we saw, and this was the lasting image to me so far of the NFL playoffs and what we saw with Alan Hearns. And for those of you who don't know, um, if you go to the Straight Cash Pod Twitter at Straight Cash Pod, uh, I, I tweeted a picture out with the podcast. And, you know, it, you say, hey, you know, you're, you're, you're promoting that for, for personal gain or things like that. I just I want people to see what we're talking about here, the, the gruesome reality of what it is. And with the Alan Hearns injury, the first thing I did, as I talked about in the open, was I, I hop on the on the internet and look at the contract situation. And you pull up Alan Hearns' contract situation because, there, it, again, it was just a very, very gruesome injury uh, that, that we all saw, that America saw, because we're all watching the playoffs. So, you know, Alan Hearns is a guy, he's 27 years old, that, that puts you in your prime you're pretty much your prime earning years, Cam, as you know, uh, in the National Football League, was on a two-year $12 million deal with the Dallas Cowboys. This year was the first year of that deal. Now, you look at what Hearns has in front of him, 
If he can get back on the field next year, he has a base salary of $4 million, a signing bonus of $1.25 million, and a roster bonus of $1 million, which totals out a total salary next year of $6.25 million. With all that being said, and this is another little nugget that, that you teased before in the past here on the Straight Cash Homie Pod, discussion in and around, and it's becoming more vocal in the media as we certainly get closer to it, the NFL players' uh, labor negotiations will, will, be, will start. Coming up very soon, 2020, uh, as a matter of fact. Barbara Walters' uh, favorite year. Um, but, with, but with that being said, this whole co- guaranteed contract situation, because without knowing the exact guaranteed specifics and insured specifics of Alan Hearn's contract, just looking at it from a 30,000-foot perspective, theoretically, if the Cowboys were to cut him, he would get his $1.25 million, and that would be it, and it would be a wrap. Theoretically. Theoretically. I mean, I have not looked at his contract. Yeah, you do so, not know the specifics. But it leads in a good thing because he could have a, a guarantee in there, a guarantee of, um, against injury, mm-hmm. saying that he, he, they could still cut him, but his contract would be guaranteed um, from the standpoint of if injury is why they were doing it, that right. he'd still get capacity. paid out his base salary. And that's, you know, we, they, they, they talk about guaranteed contract. You hear a lot of it in the media. But really what, what – what, the theme is what the NFLPA is talking about is fully guaranteed contracts for the life of the contract, which is, typically does not exist in the NFL. We've got Kirk Cousins that we can talk about was the first time you had a fully guaranteed multi-year contract in the NFL. Because there are limited guarantees in contracts, including there's one limited guarantee in every standard NFL player contract. Um, and that is that in paragraph 9 of that contract, if a player is injured performing services under the contract, the player will continue to receive his yearly salary during the season of injury, but not after that. Right. And so if, if Alan Hearns has been injured with that gruesome injury, and we certainly pray that he's doing well and everything goes well for him, Absolutely. that um, you know, in, in game one of the season and in week one, um, his salary would have been paid for the entire year because that's one of the, one of the first things – that the union, when it was getting off the ground, that the players fought for. Because in the old days, you got injured in game four of the 12-week season and got cut, and you only got paid for those four games, even though you got injured playing for the, uh, for the, for the team. So, so you have that. And then you have, obviously, you know, we got the draft coming up, so you got you know, the first-rounders, first um, you know, just from market leverage. They'll get guaranteed deals, and their deals will be fully guaranteed. Because um, there's nothing in the collective bargaining agreement itself that says you cannot guarantee contracts. It is just how it has been from day one. It is the dynamic that this was the last professional league to get free agency. It didn't get free agency until 1993. Um, and it took a strike. And it took um, giving up a lot of things and agreeing to a hard salary cap. And so owners have never paid guaranteed contracts. Right. Inertia can be a very strong thing. <laughs> and <laughs> it typically so, is. And it typically is. And so so it's hard out there. But then he's obviously you get in there and you get the vets and you just well, Alan Hearns and in his situation, you get the signing bonus. So signing bonus you get and you get to keep, I mean, unless you retire like Barry Sanders. Um, so that's a form of a guaranteed payment. The contract itself is not guaranteed, but that's guaranteed money. You know, and the estimate, um, the last thing I saw, which was uh, for the 2016 season, is that it was um, 60% of all payments, all monies to players, were some type of guaranteed money. So it's the situation that the players look at it and say, hey, look at the NBA. 
And it usually happens because, you know, what's happening in early July? NFL players yeah. are still on vacation. And, guy, re- and guys like Timothy Moskov are getting $60 million <laughs> for four years. And it catches their attention. they got right. nothing else to do. And, you know, they're getting ready for training camp and everything. And it's like, wow, look at these guys who are basically bench players in the NBA getting, quote-unquote, star money fully guaranteed. So if they get cut, they're still getting paid, which is typically not the case for most of the NFL contracts um, outside of that year one for, for an injury. Um, and, and there's other things. Franchise tax. Those are fully guaranteed for that year. Mm-hmm. Transition tags, fully guaranteed. Now, obviously, there's restrictions with it, but this is one of the, the things that's going to you know, lead to a labor dispute in 2020 um, is what are you going to do to expand the, the, the guaranteed money that exists? And is Kurt Cousins going to all of a sudden be this transitional um, event in league history that you're going to all of a sudden have shorter multi-year contracts that are fully guaranteed? Right, and, and, and the background to it, Cam, and, and this really caught my attention in a USA Today uh, story that they did talking about will our NFL contracts ever be fully guaranteed. And according to Article 26, Section 9 of the Collective Bargaining Agreement, that, that's a decades-old clause that's just kind of been you know recycled and recycled every single year that, that's been brought in. Now, that, keep in mind, too, you, you have to think about the time and space when this was done. It, this this clause was put in, this article and section was put in the agreement long before football's revenue boom. The, you know, back before it was a, a $14 billion business uh, that, that the NFL is right now. And essentially that says that teams are required to put deferred guaranteed money into an escrow account, meaning they don't have the money anymore. The, the money, if, if I'm giving Cam Evans uh, $100 million for his legal services uh, over three years and that's guaranteed, the day we sign that deal, I take that $100 million out of my account and I put it in the escrow account, meaning I don't have it. You don't have it and you don't have the ability to get back. It's gone. Yeah, absolutely. That's like right. It, and it you have be- paid that day that deal on day one. And and, and to be fair, because I, I've always been – you deduce this. I'm always more of a player's guy because they're the guys with the talent. You don't have premium talent game without premium talent. That's just the way it is. And to be fair, at the time and space when that was done – when maybe you didn't know if the owner of the Houston Oilers was gonna was gonna survive, you didn't know if the San Diego uh, Superchargers were uh, were gonna survive. I get that, and I understand that, and we saw that happen with the USFL. All these paper contracts that that were, were worth less than the paper they were printed on because the printer the paper was now printed on, so it was a little bit less uh, valuable than it was when it was blank. I understand the reasoning behind it, but the times have changed, and the players know that. The players' union knows that, and uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see. Right, and it's not necessarily something that the the owners want to give up in the collective bargaining negotiations because although they have to fork it over when the contract signed that guaranteed money, it also gives them the ability to you know shrug their shoulders sometimes when other agents come up for other players and are looking for money, and they can point to the fact, well, okay, you know, hey, we just kicked over the ninety million to Kirk Cousins that's sitting there. Um, and they use it as a argument that against guaranteed contracts. And then the owners get a lot of arguments against fully guaranteed contracts. Um, but that's something that's in there. And that's why it's, again, there's nothing in the collective bargaining agreement that prohibits guaranteed contracts. There's a right. lot of things in the, in, the, in the collective bargaining agreement that provides incentives to the owners not to provide fully guaranteed contracts. And if you're ever going to get in a situation that you're going that that you were going to bring that to the table and say, we want fully guaranteed contracts for any reasons, including if you get caught, you know, just like the NBA, 
which is like the NHL to a certain extent, although you have some buyouts in the NHL. Major League Baseball. You get these guaranteed deals, is you're going to have to rewrite about half that collective bargaining agreement because there's so many things that are implicated by that. You know, just thinking about all the cap and working through how caps work. Um, and this would be one of them, this archaic provision, as you said in Article 26, Section 9, of if you got guaranteed money, it's got to go into the escrow day one. Um, and it's just a lot of things they have to work through if they want to go there. I don't think they're ever going to get there. Um, I think that you'll see in the next round additional monies guaranteed. But I don't think you're ever going to get in the collective bargaining agreement that all all contracts are fully guaranteed for that life of the contract. Really, even even if the players are prepared to die on that hill. Well, yeah, because the players will die on that they hill. Don't, they will die. On they that will hill, die yeah. on that hill because the dynamics in professional sports is that players have short playing careers. Is is that the hook that the owners in the NFL have that? the owners in other sports, because I'm just trying to wrap my head around how can this be, right? Because you look at it from above and you say, well, this is the most violent sport by far that has the shortest career span by far. If anybody, if any league, if any players union was going to say we need guaranteed contracts, it would be the guys that play the most dangerous sport for the shortest amount of time with the shortest career span. Right. No, I understand that, and and maybe that's that. I'm just saying a fully guaranteed contract, like an NBA contract. You get cut for whatever reason, you're getting your money. Josh Smith still getting paid by the Pistons up until last year. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I don't think I cannot imagine the owners buckling and caving and having that scope of a guaranteed contract. Now, if you are, you make the argument, hey, it's a dangerous sport, career-ending, life-ending injuries. It's a brutal sport. Um. And some of that's been, you know, addressed from the standpoint of, you know, of the other insurance that NFL provides, you know, which is, you know, long-term care insurance. There's a lot of other benefits the NFL provides to players. But what, what happens if it's, well, let's change paragraph nine of the standard contract. Instead of you only having this current playing season guaranteed against injury, why don't we have multiple years or the life of your contract guaranteed against injury for everybody? Okay. If you're the Drew Breeses of the world, guess what? You know, you're going to have an injury guarantee in your contract, along with the cap guarantee and along with the skills guarantee. You're going to have that. But that's negotiated by an individual. But across the board in collective bargaining agreement, or maybe you double it. Maybe it's the playing season plus next playing season to give them a little bit more cushion. But that's what I'm saying. I think you're going to get additional fully guaranteed money in the next go around, but you're not going to get unconditional guaranteed contracts because the owners won't do it and the owners just need to look at the history this the nfl has had the most labor strikes and contentions and been in court that out of all four major sports right and what has happened to the nfl's popularity over time just continues to soar that's right and the ownership doesn't change in the teams for the most part no and if they do somebody's cashing out making a lot of money um and the players have a short career and as you said this is i mean the point Fans are vested in the jersey. Mm-hmm. Fans want to see football Sunday, Sunday night, Monday night, With the blue Thursday jersey, night. The red jersey, they the want to do jersey. fantasy sport, yeah, yeah and, and they certainly care about players and they're passionate about players. And the, I understand all of that. But if you you look back at the at the the strike, you mentioned you know thirty for thirty and you know in the scab season, uh, and which is great by the way. If you have an opportunity, <laughs> dial it up. It was it was great. That and, that, that that to me was I mean those guys. 
you got to cross a picket line. Like, hey, I, I never made it. I wanted to make it. Here's a chance to make it. You got to go across a picket line with Randy White standing there. <laughs> like, it was unbelievable. And, and they do it. And what they did is that they showed that they couldn't come close to putting the product on the field that that was worthy of the NFL brand. And that the players have the talent, these freakish athletes who have the ability to go do what they do on the football field. Um, and that's what drives everything. And there was players, and you remember back, and I'll never watch football again. This is horrible. How can you do this? How can you hire these replacement players? It's horrible product. I'm never coming back. Well, guess what? Over time, they're guess all what? back. People are back, and people will continue to come back. And the NFL knows that. And, the, and so, worst case scenario, say the NFL canceled the entire season. You know, three years after that, you think the NFL is still going to be doing well? Yeah. <laughs> Those players are never going to see that money again. So, right. so they, they, they do have some leverage, but I think ultimately the, the owners know that history has shown that they have the ultimate leverage and that they are patient and, and do it, is that they'll never cave in that situation to fully guaranteed contracts. I, but I certainly would expect that there will be additional guaranteed money that will be mandatory in the collective bargaining agreement or mandatory in the standard player contract. You're listening to episode 14 of the Straight Cash Homie podcast. Remember, click subscribe on iTunes. Just search out Straight Cash Homie, also on our SoundCloud page as well. He is Cameron Evans, president of the Evans Law Group, also an agent with Pivotal Sports Management. My name is Neil Rule, a broadcaster here in the Detroit, Michigan area, talking the business side of sports. And, and I want to get into the Kyler Murray, Murray thing in just a second. But, but Cam, uh, from your perspective and your expertise, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot just a little bit. But you're good enough. You know, you can you can handle that. I I, I trust you. Breaking this down, when when you talk about <laughs> when you talk about Kirk Cousins and his deal, okay, it, it's it's fully guaranteed as we talked about. It's a three year, eighty four million dollar contract. That's that's fully guaranteed. He's getting that no matter what. Maybe as you talked about, he could be one of the groundbreakers in, in terms of, of NFL contracts. You flip that script. You you look at a guy like Matt Stafford's contract. You know he, he signs a five year, one hundred thirty five million dollar contract with ninety two million of it guaranteed now take us through the dynamic of both sides of that to whereas and, and you you and I touched on a little bit where you said the guaranteed deals that they that they continue to do will be shorter but you have guys on the other end that are doing the, the longer term deals you know take us through that dynamic in, in Kirk Cousins camp and Matt Stafford's camp you know what why why do they choose why did Kirk Cousins choose this route and this was something Kirk Cousins has been doing with with the, with the franchise tag and, and he has been banking for a long time but as you talked about, he has perpetually been betting on himself, and he continues to win. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know what individually, you know, I don't know that either of these guys what motivated them, but 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 that's that's the sense that you're betting on yourself and trying to say what contract or position can I be in contractually that's going to put me and benefit me the most for whatever I want out of life and personality and happiness and what team I want to be on and everything right. else. And Kirk Cousin has been one of those who says, guess what? I'm betting on myself. And yeah, go ahead. I'm not signing a long-term deal with the Redskins. Franchise tag me. All right. Well, that's, as I said, there's a guaranteed contract for that year. Well, do it again. Do it second year, and I'll put more money. And it's guaranteed. Mm -hmm. So in that situation, his second year at $25 million at the Redskins, if they decided to cut him uh, at second week of the season for some reason, well, they're still paying him the rest of that season for cu getting cut because uh, they got a franchise tag on him. Um, and then ultimately, this is, again, betting on himself, meaning – that at the end of this three-year deal, I'm going to be in a better position to go and negotiate my next deal. And that's really what it's like. And he's sitting here, and at the end of this three years, 
well, now it's going to be two years from now, you know, is he going to be, what is he going to command in the open market? Um, and that's what free agency is about. And that is the dynamic of the marketplace. Uh, is he going to go command an, another contract like this? Is he going to command something a lot less than this? Is he going to, you know, have two great years and command a, a whole lot more? Um, and then Stafford, you know, he, Stafford's betting on himself too, which is in a different way. And Stafford, what you said, five year, 130. Right. Um, so not all of it guaranteed, you know, 92 of it guaranteed, not bad money if you can get it. Um, but he's betting on himself that he will stay with the lions, play through that contract and earn the full 130. Although you're looking at 38 million of it is not guaranteed and is possibly wiped out at some point. He's betting on himself that he's staying with the Lions the full five years of that contract, and he's going to be able to make that full 130, um, and which gives you cushion. That gives you five years. You know, if if he had signed a three-year deal, and that and he he was right now a free agent, let's say, what would his what would his value be in the marketplace? You know, debatable. Uh, right. You know what? What's he going to do? So it's it. But he it, doesn't have that, to worry about that because it checks in the bank. Right. You know, and the agents have an interest in you know, the agents too. You know, the agents is is it better to you know do a four year thirty million dollar deal with twelve million guaranteed, or is it better for your player to do two years at fifteen million with still twelve million guaranteed? Well, a lot of them you know they like to bet on their players. No, even though it's not guaranteed, they're going to play out that four year contract and put thirty million in their pocket. As opposed to if you got a two-year deal, you know, just like, you know, Alan Hearn, you know, you got a two-year deal, you know, maybe you're not going to, you know, have ever have years three and four because of an injury, right. you know, um, but you're going to see it. But but if people, if, if players want fully guaranteed contracts or close to it, the deal is going to be much shorter. You got, you know, Kirk Cousins, a three-year deal for a top flight number one free agent quarterback. That's an incredibly short deal. Who's in his prime. Right. You know, it's not like. You know, you're looking at somebody who's 37, 38 years old, and you can understand why you're going to have it. Um, Lawrence Timmons, linebacker for the um, Patriots, who had signed as a free agent with the Dolphins. Two years, $12 million, $11 million of it guaranteed. Not fully guaranteed, real close. Real close. Batting on himself in that situation that, guess what? Um, I'm going to free up after two years. I got $11 million guaranteed. I can, he thinks he can live off $11 million if he needs to. If he gets hurt and can never play again. Um, but then again, I'm going to be a free agent much sooner than if I had signed a six-year deal. I mean, you look at Julio Jones. He signed a six-year deal. Three, first three years are great. Last three years are not so good for him. Right, absolutely. And he's so, banged up. He perpetually banged up. And he, you, you, know, you would assume he's not going to see the end of that deal if, if the trend continues. Right, and just financially. You know, is he better off in the open market? You know, he, he, he may have been. But you don't know. It's, it's looking into a crystal ball. <laughs> sure. You, you don't know. Uh, but if, if, you know, Kirk Cousins is just adding another dynamic to the, to the process and players who are willing to say, I am, I'm, betting on my, I'm betting on myself in a different way. Because the betting on the self before was, I will play through this contract and earn all of this money, although it's not guaranteed. As Kurt Sands saying, guess what? I'm going to, three years from now, I'm going to bet on myself that I'm going to be worth more than the contract I just signed. He could have signed a five-year, $140 million contract. Wouldn't similar, have been all to, similar to Stafford. Yeah, so it wouldn't have been guaranteed, fully guaranteed. He was looking, but he's now tied up for five years with that team. Right. You know? and, uh, and he's like, eh, no, you want to know something? I think I'm better off personally probably having the freedom to go and you know have a bidding war on my services and getting betting on himself after three years 
And somebody, somebody's usually there to give it to you as, as, as time is. But speaking of somebody being there to give it to you, uh, last segment of the show here, and, and this certainly is topical and it certainly is timely. We've, see, we've seen this play out in, in this past Monday, as a matter of fact. Kyler Murray, uh, the quarterback for the Oklahoma Sooners, uh, number nine overall draft pick of the Oakland A's in the Major League Baseball draft, uh, do a $4.6 million, $4.6-ish, $5 million-ish uh, uh, bonus for signing with the Oakland A's as soon as he stepped off the football field, you know, down there in Miami when they lost to Alabama. It's been interesting to watch this play out. Kyler Murray has declared for the draft. Monday was the uh, the deadline. He declared for the NFL draft. He's going. Now he's he's kind of circling the wagons a little bit with Oakland and saying, hey, you know that $5 million uh, that, that you were going to give me? Uh, that's cool and all. But now with what's happened with this NFL season and I've won the Heisman and my I balled out against Alabama and, and played very well and turned a lot of heads, I have a very strong possibility of being a first-round NFL draft pick. I have a possibility of being a top-10 NFL draft pick. I have the possibility of being a top-10 NFL draft pick in the quarterback position. To whereas, just to give you a, a comparison, maybe your run-of-the-mill 11th overall draft pick is going to walk away with Twelve to thirteen million dollars of guaranteed money, regardless of of how that shakes out. You put pen to paper, you're walking away with twelve to fourteen ish million dollars, give or take a couple of bucks. You know what's what's a couple million dollars amongst friends, Cam? Uh, but you know when you look at it from that perspective, Kyler Murray's able to go back to the A's now and say, "Hey, fourteen million versus five million. What what would you choose <laughs> if you were me?" And we've seen these things shake out, but, Cam, we haven't seen it like this. We've seen it in the past with Deion Sanders and Bo Jackson, the, the quote-unquote two-sport athlete that performs at a high level. This is the first time we've seen it in the revenue era, the mass revenue boom era, and certainly the first time we've ever seen it in the mass revenue era where you can call your shots draft-wise. He's, he's in a, a position that a lot of people would envy to be in. Oh, he's put himself in a great position. He has leverage, which is a wonderful thing to have, and it's usually not – something that under the current structure of the professional sports, all four professional sports with the draft, players don't have leverage. You know, you're drafted by whom you're drafted. And if you're, you're slotted by at, where you're slotted. And, and, that, and, they're, and that's it. They are slotted. And it's not like the old days. This is not like Sam Bradford coming out of Oklahoma <laughs> that says, guess what? I got a lot of leverage because I may not show up to camp. Right. And you're going to pay me an exorbitant amount of money. I'm going to be the highest paid player in football before I take a snap. That's right. And it got absurd. And guess what? There was a reaction, and, the, and, and, and everybody came to the table, so this, this can't continue. Um, and so you got, you know, obviously what we have right now with the, with the slots. You're going to, you know, things are, this is what you're going to get. You get the rookie pool, everything's divided up, and although it's not slotted like the Major League Baseball is slotted per se, you know, the NFL, it, it all falls into lockstep, and you know what you're going to get. And so he has put himself in a, in a position that, um, it's one of those things. So this is an example where there is a guaranteed contract history now in the NFL for first-round draft picks. Your your first-round draft picks contract is going to be fully guaranteed for all things. Cap, skill, injury, it's guaranteed. You get a huge signing bonus. And so that gives him a lot of leverage to go to the A's and say, you know, if he wants to um, consider going Major League Baseball, and I don't know what his heart tells him to do you know pony up and right. you can do it and you can give me and, and he wants a major league contract 
He wants he, service time. I mean, he yeah. He this he's, is this he's, is not, he's not just messing around here. No, and and this is not just. I want fifteen mil and I'll sign a minor league contract. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I want fifteen mil and you're going to sign me to a major league contract that has all kinds of implications for that team for roster spots and service. Absolutely. Um, and he doesn't. He does. If he goes the NFL route, you know, you, you look what happened uh, with Chris Bryant of the Cubs. You know. Clearly, he should have been, you know, up out of spring training, opening day roster a couple of years ago when he was a, you know, would have been a rookie. And what did the Cubs do? Sat on him. They waited yep. three weeks, four weeks, whatever it was, then called him up. And guess what? They got another year of service that he's under right. their control. He didn't want to sit there and allow himself to be, um, you know, manipulated in that way. Um, which is you know legal under the thing you know he he doesn't want to give the team that leverage you know if you're going to do this let's be serious about it and then otherwise you know you look at it and there's a lot of other implications you know even though Patrick Mahomes was not going to be a first round draft pick for Major League Baseball he's somebody who had a lot of baseball talent right um, and so you kind of you kind of if you you know if you're Kyler Murray you sit there and kind of correlate yourself to what Patrick Mahomes has been able to do from the standpoint of being a very dynamic quarterback and having success with the right team in the NFL is like, all right, even if I sign a major league contract, it doesn't mean I have to be on the roster. I could be toiling in class A and right. double A. And maybe I never even make it onto a major league baseball Which, if you go field. by if you go by the coin flip, chances are he won't. He won't. He, absolutely. If you go by statistics, he won't make it. As opposed to if he goes the NFL route, he's he guaranteed to be on the NFL roster Worst case scenario, probably backup quarterback, and he's going to be on the NFL gridiron playing at some point in time. On a Sunday at 1 o'clock in a sold-out stadium on national television, that he will be there. That's right. So he gets his opportunity to play on the big stage, plus fully guaranteed money. And then, you know, bet on yourself. If he is able to do something along the lines of what Patrick Mahomes has been able to do in the quarterback position, now all of a sudden – you are in the fall of, let's say, 2020. Um, Hugh Downs like that likes that year too. Um, you know, <laughs> so you're come back. There friend. you go. So you got you got 2020, 2021. All of a sudden, now you're the breakout star in the NFL. Marketing opportunities start to come your way. To, now, to whereas if you're Mike Trout, you've played 286 minor league baseball games before you've made it to the majors. Kyler Murray, theoretically. Is signing, uh, is signing a deal with Nike or Under Armour and McDonald's or Sprite. Well, well yeah, look at that. Um, you know, Heinz Ketchup. I mean, whatever. You, you're right. You can go do it. And so you're, you're going to get um, different marketing opportunities sooner if you excel on the field. I mean, and that's, again, you know, bet on yourself. But then again, he could have a career-ending injury. But then again, all right, am I willing to risk that? Meaning career-ending injury, not only for football, but for baseball. I'm done playing professional sports. But, all right, I'm going to have a $15 million guaranteed contract with the NFL. I'm going to put $15 million in my pocket. Well, well, no, I won't put $15 million in my pocket. By the time you pay taxes, pay your agent, and everything else, you'll pay less than that. But, you know, and if things don't work out in the NFL and he's healthy, he can always go back and give baseball a try. Um, baseball is just such – it's far there, – there's far more uncertainty um, in baseball of ever making it to the big leagues and, 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 and reaping the rewards um, than it is in the um, NFL. Putting your pivotal sports management hat on with the game of baseball, do you think that this will have any kind of impact 
going forward, you know, we've been talking about the NFL and, and, and their structure and their setup. What kind of impact do you think this situation will have on Major League Baseball and, and their salary setup, or is it just a unicorn-type situation and uh, we, we probably won't see that? This isn't something we see every year. Um, you, no, you won't see this every year. You won't see this maybe a, in again. a decade. You yeah. know, it may be it may be twenty five years where you get somebody like him, um, who 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 excelled, but not only excelled, but excelled at a Power Five school. Excelled. If Oklahoma would have been three and ten this year, as opposed to what they did, would he be getting all the hype? And he still put up the same number? Well, maybe not. You know, you wouldn't so, win the Heisman, right? No, yeah, no, it, it, no. This is one of those situations where you know you go out and you tell somebody, "Hey, um, I want to be able to have a, a, a you know an infielder who's going to be a top ten uh, major league ba- baseball pick, uh, who's also going to be able to, although he's shorter and undersized, because um, you know go and excel at the highest level of college football and win the Heisman, um, and also you know seem to be a very you know um, well regarded, good character type of guy." Uh, go find me somebody like that, you know, <laughs> you know, right. you know, in the recruiting world, you know, we call that go find the purple squirrel, yeah. you know, they don't exist, <laughs> you know, and, um, and so I don't think it has any dynamics on, uh, from, from, from baseball, even though it was interesting when, when Murray was out meeting with the A's, he wasn't talking money, you know, who else was at the meeting? The yeah. head marketing person for Major League, League Baseball. Baseball. That's right. I did. This, I did hear about you know. That. And so yeah. it's like here we want to tell you what we can do and everything else because you kind of look at it. And it's kind of like all right, you know. Major League Baseball is making a pitch to him more or less. Heck yes, he's like yeah. yeah. It looks like Bryce Harper. You know this. You know here you go. You know this is a situation that you can have somebody be um, this dynamic person. You know. You know. But you look at it. He, so you got Patrick Mahomes. You got Russell Wilson. There's somebody else that he can compare himself to. Hi, right. Russell Wilson. He was drafted. He wasn't drafted in the first round of the major league draft, but he, you know, played minor league ball. Highly talented, and now look what he's able to do in the NFL level. You know, and and am I rather I rather get a guaranteed shot? He will get a guaranteed shot to prove himself on the um, NFL level. Period. End of story. He will not have a guaranteed shot to be in the forty man roster and to actually step across the lines of a baseball diamond in a major league park. Not ever guaranteed, you know. It's it's just it's a very interesting dynamic. There certainly is no question about it. You're the purple squirrel uh, of of the of the podcast world, Cam. There's no doubt about that. Oh, there's only one like me. My <laughs> wife will tell you that. <laughs> Absolutely. But again, appreciate your time, your expertise. Uh, as always, again, if, if you like the show, subscribe on iTunes, a Straight Cash Homie Podcast. Follow the show on Twitter at Straight Cash Pod. As well, that'll wrap up the discussion. We'll be back with you uh, probably in the next month time frame or so. We got a lot of basketball, March Madness, which means there'll be a lot of money. Uh, so Cameron Evans and, and myself, Neil Rule, we will be there to talk about it. Appreciate everybody listening. Big thank you to Dan Glyde. Big thank you to Mike Parsons on the production end of things uh, for the work that they do. Uh, certainly uh, big-time efforts on their part. So for Cameron Evans, my name is Neil Rule. Thank you for listening to the Straight Cash Homie Podcast, everybody. Well, see you later.